0: Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. It was a wild weekend, united with a clean sheet. City loses, Liverpool draws, Arsenal's on the move up, Leicester going down, Burnley crushes Brentford, and then we started the week off with at least my favorite, Nuno leaving the Premier League. gentlemen
1: how goes it hey hey what up Um, up? quick question aren't we the football neophytes podcast
0: no soccer neophytes bro oh yeah good point yeah remember we rebranded to start the season
2: it's only match week 10 so (laughs) we're still getting used to it
0: we're still getting used to it
2: what sport is
1: this i've
0: uh we are missing kemi uh kemi is out again this week this week for a very good excuse but we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil his news that would be very very rude so um maybe next week if he's back we will we'll allow him to share his exciting news so it is chris and tim and i um today to talk match week 10 and it was a wild it was a wild weekend a lot of Of results, I don't think we would have predicted. Out of the results of the weekend, guys, what were you what were you most surprised about?
2: Man, I think I mean City losing two nil to Palace had to have been the biggest surprise to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, Palace has been wayward all season. So yeah. Obviously, you know City hasn't been. When yeah, and City hasn't been. And when they go down one nil, you think no big deal, but Laporte getting the red card um, that changes the dynamic of everything. And um, you know, that, that just, it's hard to play. I think even is like in the post-match interview was like, yeah, anytime you're playing with 10, like the game is meant to be 11 on 11. So when you only have 10, there's only so much you can do. So
1: I will say that we should have been prepared for it because I did pick them as my lock of the week. So let us <laughs> not forget. I tried to warn everybody.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, and the, I think the Liverpool draw, of course, it's different. Brighton's been playing great all season, but I think the the shocking part of that is Liverpool goes up two, two nail and you don't really expect, even though we, the, often mentioned two nil is the most dangerous lead and wolves almost succumbed to that today actually um that you feel like liverpool should be above that but yeah. they weren't and that was that was quite quite surprising
2: which we'll get to that right yeah of course ways down the road but yeah that's yeah it was whiplashy yeah to say the least
0: we did, going into that, going into the United-Tottenham match, the The weekend was so crazy. And I, I was trying to figure out what would be the craziest result for United and mm-hmm. Spurs because Spurs can't score and United gives a ton of goals. So I didn't feel like there was actually a crazy result that that could have ensued. I think, Tim, what did you respond? Set a 7-7 seven, seven draw? 7-7 seven,
2: seven draw with Kane busting out six goals. Yeah. Yeah that didn't happen that did not happen
1: you were close though
2: yeah (laughs) except for Kane yeah and the overall result and everything else about it
1: and any goal that Spurs could have maybe possibly scored I think the most shocking result is that United got a clean sheet like that's unheard of (laughs) yeah
0: but again I think that's what that's what made my like well shocking prediction hard to predict because spurs can't score so it's not a uh it's not that shocking if you're gonna clean sheet someone spurs seem like a likely candidate for that to be honest i mean the we you know i talked about this in the bumper but uh burnley crushed brentford i want that was one of the matches i watched most of most of I chose that one out of the seven o'clock morning matches, because I, I have just enjoyed watching Brentford. and um, it really wasn't close. I mean, Burnley had their foot on the gas from the beginning, controlled the tempo and and really owned that match.
2: Brentford has been so good even against the top opponents, and it played so well defensively. So to allow three goals to Burnley is just bizarre.
0: Yeah, and Brentford, even Brentford's one goal was was right towards the end, like 88th, 89th minute. So and we'll it really talk about was, that one later, too. Yeah, and it really was all it really was all Burnley in that match. And then there's Arsenal Leicester. I mean, Arsenal came out, scored a goal first six minutes, I think. Um Gabrielle uh with the goal, and then to just beat Leicester 2 0. Um to me, very, very surprising result. Um, and I want to camp on that for a few minutes. I want to camp on a couple of questions for you guys about arsenal arsenal. We've talked about, I think a little bit before that they have, they've consistently started the youngest lineup, um, in the league. They've got this young team and that includes, you know, Obama Yang that includes Lacazette who, who are not spring chickens, So, they've just got a ton of young talent on that team. And it seems like they're finally, they're finally meshing and have put a great run of form together. Chris, you're often one to talk about. um, Yeah. But it matters who you play against. I'm curious. um, Obviously beating Leicester's a good, a good victory, but you know, has, has Arsenal's run of form been against quality opponents are they just beating we'll talk about wolves too but you know wolves run a form is against mid to low mid table teams so um is that is that the same for arsenal
1: um it's a tough one for me at least yeah they haven't played great competition uh here's their schedule over the last few weeks Spurs they beat 3-1 they drew with Brighton they drew with Crystal Palace they beat Villa they beat Leeds and they beat Leicester City the only like real like name that you would say is a pretty good quality competition is Leicester but even they're struggling sitting at 11th right now so they're beating up on the bottom half but I think at the same time when you take into account their start and how they looked those first few weeks, even the first month of the season, right? Like the biggest thing that we could joke about was how long would our title last? Was he first one gone all that. So yeah, the schedule matters, but they're certainly playing a lot better than they were to start out.
0: Well, and Tim and I were talking today um, in our weekly meeting for work, which is usually half work and the other half sports. <laughs> yeah. And I was telling him today for for Wolves, you know, these are the matches against the other mid-table teams or, or or European hopefuls, which I think we could now at least we could put Wolves in that conversation, sitting in seventh. Everton, of course, um, it's kind of always right around that six through nine positioning. It feels like if you're going to make Europe, it's going to be you beat one or you you get a couple three points from some of the top clubs the top four or five but then you got to beat the teams around you and so I told Tim I said the difference between if Wolves would have lost they'd be in 11th if they drew they'd be in 10th and if they won they'd be in 7th and it really feels like that's the difference can you beat Everton you know can Arsenal beat Tottenham can they beat Leicester like and they did and that's why arsenal sits at six now and wolves are sitting at seventh. um how high do you guys think arsenal can go is this their cap can they get higher than six i mean obviously we're a quarter of the way through the season or a little over a quarter of the way through the season so anything can happen but i mean it feels absurd to think that they could challenge for champions league (laughs) like (laughs) i even laugh like saying it but they're sitting at six so why why not
2: yeah are you saying where they where, where we're thinking they'll finish the season or where they will peak during the season? Because I think those – I mean, even looking at last year, it was such a, like, merry-go-round at the top. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a merry-go-round, like, one, two, three, but four down, I think that'll be a merry-go-round.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the – no, the question is – now, take this – it's this – of course, when I say can they, of course, anything's possible – But is it within like reasonable realm of expectation that Arsenal could finish four or five?
2: I think so. I mean, they've got so much young talent, like starting off the season, nobody expected them to be where they were because they have so much young talent. It was just like, man, they're not gelling. They're not playing well. They were missing some, some experienced guys to injury. So I think this is much more where people would have expected them to end up right where they are. So and if if United continues to kind of wobble, we'll see about West Ham, but like it doesn't look like one
1: through four are locks. So why not? I will be your contradiction, my friend. <laughs> I don't think it was a contradiction.
2: The,
1: no, I said I will be your contradiction. Oh, you'll
2: be the contradiction. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't I think this is the absolute cap for Arsenal. I cannot see them right. breaking above sixth. Um I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit a minute ago, but they're losing to good quality teams. The only teams they've beaten in the league this year are Burnley, Norwich, Tottenham and Aston Villa and Leeds and all of those teams are 16th place or lower. Um, Actually, they just beat Leicester, so I have to throw that in there. So uh, Their one quality win is against Leicester, who's in 11th. Everyone else is 16th or below. Um, I think that the schedule kind of broken early for them and they're looking okay right now, but I think this is their peak. I don't think they will get into the top four at any point, unless it's in the next week. Um, And I don't think they stay there for much more than a week if they do.
2: I mean, let's do the same thing with West Ham then. Like has West Ham proven themselves against top competition any more than Arsenal have? I think, I think I'm just going back through their their season so far. I mean, they beat Leicester when Leicester had a red card. Uh Leicester hasn't been great. Yeah, I guess Let's that's see. true. They, they beat cool. um, they lost to lost to United. Um they beat Leeds when Leeds have, have not been strong. They lost to Brentford. They beat Everton, but Everton has been up and down. And they they beat Tottenham 1-0. But that's not a real strong like that's not super convincing either to me. I mean, that's,
0: I forgot. They were, strong, I thought,
2: they were strong last year and they've been strong this year, but I don't think there's any invincibility to West Ham necessarily. They haven't proved that yet.
0: No, that's a good call. I, for some reason I had in my mind that West Ham had some bigger wins and maybe, maybe that in the West other
2: competitions, maybe right. Like well, they, in that, they knocked no. city out of, out of the uh, Carabao. That's true. And they're winning in Europa. Yeah. Which is also going to test them, right, as they go forward in a way that That, Arsenal won't be tested.
0: That Leicester match, again, it might be similar to last year when West Ham beat Wolves 4-0, and I'm like, how do we lose to West Ham 4-0? And they go on to finish in a European position. Um, This West Ham 4-1 victory over Leicester in the second week of the year at the time seemed massive but Leicester is a shell of themselves right now. And so it could be, yeah, it could be that West Ham, their their victories, again, you still got to win. Those three points matter a For lot, sure. right? But I think you're right, Tim, that those, those wins. I mean, if you compare West Ham's victories, West Ham Arsenal and Wolves' victories, they're all pretty similar. Wolves have, have beaten Everton, Villa, Newcastle, Southampton, Watford and that's it right like I, I think the Everton one even though em- Everton's in pretty pretty poor shape right now um then they just haven't played well the Everton Matt victory is really the only kind of good win Wolves have had
1: yeah I you're right looking at their schedule Tim they're in that same boat as Arsenal I think we just the recent memory of how they finished last year plays a bit right um, I, I just, I think it's like United has played like such trash up until this past weekend for like the last three weeks. Yeah. And none of those teams caught them or passed them. I mean, so it's interesting. I don't know. I still, well, I just well, think. Well, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. I just, I just think the top four, the top four, I think it's going to play out that way this season. And then I think five through 15 could literally be anybody. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, maybe even just top three, right? Because it does look like... Because now let's do the same experiment. We've looked at Arsenal. We've looked at West Ham. We've looked at Wolves. Now let's look at United's victories. Leeds. Wolves, which we, we discussed it a while. That was a very close match. But still, it's a victory. Newcastle. West Ham, good victory. And then Spurs. Um I think better. I think out of the four teams, if we're looking at the teams who are four through seven right now, I think Manchester United is the most bizarre of them. Right? They have the best wins and they have some of the worst losses. They lost to Leicester four or two. They got crushed by Liverpool. They lost to Villa. Um, so it's just they're they're an enigma right now. And like they
2: undoubtedly what... have the most talent of those teams of the oh. four through seven.
0: Certainly. So. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. And the teams who can pull off some points against the bigger clubs will, and beat the teams right around them inevitably will be the ones who end up in maybe a Champions League spot, but Europe or whatever that other one's called, the one the Spurs are in.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, that brings up another question I had for you guys. United started a combined age of 70 years of age in their front two starting cavani and ronaldo over the weekend which proved to be great i think it was smart by ole to start your experienced players to try and stabilize the team after such a devastating loss to liverpool the weekend before so it proved to be a really smart move by ole um regardless of whether or not you like his decisions (laughs) historically. Um, So front starting, starting front two of 70 years old. Um, So my question, try and leave United out of this. Would you rather have a team like United full of superstars, but a little older or a team like Arsenal who is full with young youngsters and you don't really know what you're going to get. You kind of have a, you have a a, a superstar who's kind of fading a little bit. Um, Tim, I know try and take United out of the equation as being one of those teams.
2: Well, when you asked this question before we started recording, I was like, Oh, that's easy. And the more I've thought about it, I'm like, it's not easy at all. It's so, it's so tough. I mean, Because it's also like, are you saying, like, if you were picking a team today, which team would you rather be attaching yourself to? I'd rather, I think I'd rather be attaching myself to a team with a lot of young talent. So the next five years are going to be really fun. But at the same time, United's always going to have, like, lots of really fun players that they've paid top dollar for. You know what I mean? Like, they're always going to have great players. So even if these ones don't, you know, if, if Cavani and Ronaldo get injured or can't play anymore, like... They'll have other superstars up front next season, you know, so. um, But I mean, but it's crazy to even say that because Arsenal has been such a dumpster fire for the last however many seasons. I mean, they used to be one of those clubs that should be in the top four, at least top five, you know, Um, but they've just been so terrible lately. And so. (laughs) So I think Arsenal, because of the like the young and it seems like they're cohering. Uh, in a way that United maybe isn't, but but it's really tough. I don't know. Chris, contradict me.
1: I don't know if I can. Um, okay. it, it's like, it's such an interesting question, and it's loaded in every which way it can yeah, be loaded. like it is. Right? Like, like are, are we attaching ourselves to one of these two squads and going forward with it? Are we pretending that the United roster is – Playing for Newcastle, in which you know, like, not all of these guys hey, are going to. They bad. might be. They They're might be. Too. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, and so I, I don't know. I, I think in a season, in, a, in just a season, in a nutshell, I I think it's probably better to attach yourself to the older guys. And sure. kind of live out that last couple seasons of glory they have i mean yeah. the, the two guys that equal up to 70 are two of the best soccer players of our generation right like yeah, well, yeah. you know the, the arguments ronaldo are messy for who's been the best player for the last 20 years but edison cavani, yeah edison cavani has been one of the best players while they're going at it too and so it's like it's not like you just have these two old farts who can't get it done both scored this weekend in their match you know so but then it you know it's fun to cheer for a young squad and and like attach guys I think if I think in the short term the answer is united but in the long term the answer is arsenal but then you have to factor in the united factor right like I know you're saying not to but you have to you know these old guys eventually are going to go somewhere and they're going to pay you know, $240 million for Erling Haaland to come in. And, you know, mm-hmm. then now you have an amazing young striker that you're cheering for. So it's an And impossible- you've got Jaden
2: Sancho, who's like still <laughs> super young and super right. talented and like hasn't even factored in this team. So well, yeah, and you've already got him.
1: Yeah. Oh, not to mention Marcus Rashford is one of the best players in the world. He turned 24 yesterday. So yeah. it's like, I mean, they have an embarrassment of riches of young guys in a way. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's a fun question because there's so many angles you could take on it for what you care for. Totally. Because if,
2: if the question had been with with this group of talent at United or this group of talent at Arsenal, who's more likely to finish in the top four this season? Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty clearly United
0: for sure. But if
2: but I think implied in your question was like the long term outlook.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, it's kind of contextualized to our podcast, right? Like this is a podcast about choosing team about discovering like what's exciting about the sport. And I think that's what makes it fun, right? Is for some people it's like, no, I like Chris, I think in some ways, like the reason you chose United was I want the names. I want the power. I want the like consistent top four finishes. Like that's what you wanted. My perspective was I want the kind of the underdog and Arsenal to call Arsenal an underdog. It seems odd, but I do think they kind of are that way, especially the way they started. Um, they've obviously and compared said, uh, to United compared to United. Yeah. But, and that's my personality in general. I like building. I like the hope of what could happen <laughs> not more than like what actually is, you know, I,
2: know, I was going to say that's a really positive way of framing it. Like you liked long-term suffering or you, you like the, the hope that's always right around the corner.
0: <laughs> no, I, it seems that way, but really it is. I mean, Chris and I are in fantasy football league together. And yeah. I I will ca- I will throw in the towel sooner than any other team. It's a dynasty league. And I'll throw in the towel way earlier than any other team because I love thinking about the future. <laughs> and it, I think maybe this says something about my personality, but it's probably a coping me- mechani- mechanism uh-huh. of like actually dealing with the present is like ignoring the present to think about the future so if i get a couple first round picks for my talent on my team it makes me feel better about what's to come and not my fantasy record but this is deep
2: we've gone deep tonight
0: deep uh well let's move on uh before we go into well shoot no we got to talk about one other thing and that is uh, the end of an era for me Nuno Espirito Santos. We knew it was going to happen. It was a matter of time. He was like their eighth choice. Um, He wasn't really wanted there. I don't even know that he wanted to go there. There's a lot of speculation among Wolves fans that he just wanted the money. (laughs) Like he was kind of like, F it. I know they don't really want me. I'll just go there and see what can happen and maybe I'll get lucky. But He's gone. I do feel bad for him. Uh he's one of the reasons I chose Wolves. I feel way in some ways I like feel better now that he's gone. Like now I can just, we don't have to face him anymore. Just let him be. I'm hoping him success. I'm sure he'll probably take the rest of the season off and then maybe land with a Portuguese club uh, or Spain or somewhere closer to him, his home next season. But Sad to see Nuno gone.
2: The uh, Premier League manager beard game is considerably uh, poorer today.
0: Yeah, certainly, like the 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 balding the balding head <laughs> beard. Like, there's probably another reason I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like Spurs are bringing in Conti. Um, proven record of success he's been in the uh, premier league before with chelsea he won title with uh he won a title with chelsea um he's won titles i think with juventus and someone else uh psg maybe i forget where else he's been but he's got a proven record of success he doesn't stay at clubs very long it seems like uh, Chris, you were mentioning looks like his contracts for 18 months.
1: Yeah, it's the, the word out of Fabriziano or <laughs> whoever the Adam Schefter of European football is, um, it sounds like it's an 18-month deal, so it's not a long-term deal by any means. And uh, no word on which side was, was pushing for that, because a week ago it was Conte to United with Ole being out. But Conte was pushing for a long-term deal, supposedly. So uh, some interesting tidbits in there. Yeah, it's weird. How he's
2: biding his time so he can take the United job.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting how these matches, like, can change the tide, right? Like, they played each other this weekend. if Spurs win 3-0, is Conte managing United <laughs> next next weekend? man you know what I mean? Like it's really like it feels like both of those managers were on that razors of an edge. I don't think I don't know if Ole could have survived a five nil and then a three nil, right?
1: Yeah, the rumor is that the board gave like essentially told him these next three games are proven. So a lot of the chatter is that Spurs jumped the gun on this in case that actually was the situation in which if they were giving only three more games, he's out. Well, we, if, if we think we need a coaching change and this is the best guy out there, then we need to get it done before they get it done type of a thing.
0: Would you have rather had the three points against
1: Spurs or Conte as your manager moving forward? Um, I'm probably a horrible person to ask just because I don't have the history of Conte. Like I can see his track record, but he, he seems to be one of those guys who wins at the powerhouses, you know? And so um, I don't, I want the three points. The three points mean more to me. I'm not necessarily an Ole out guy. um, Not necessarily an Ole in guy. I'm a, I want my team to win guy and I don't care who's coaching the team. I don't care who's signing the checks. I don't care who's, calling the shots and scoring the goals. I want my team to win. I want to take three points every weekend, every Wednesday. I want to win and compete for championship trophies. So I don't care who's coaching the team. I want to win. And if Ole can win, let's go. If Conte can win, let's go. If whoever else it is can win, let's go.
0: Well, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how this shakes out in the long run. Before we jump to, um, our speed round for each of us, um, even though we've touched on each of the our teams a little bit, um, we're introducing a new segment. We've called it Term of the Week for actually the entire time since we started. I always had a Term of the Week that first season with Chris, and um, but it feels like it's morphing more from terms to concepts, and to so to make it more well rounded, we are calling it. This new segment, knowing is half the battle. And so gentlemen, did you guys notice the poppies on the, or the red splotches? Maybe you didn't even know what it was, but did you notice the red splotches on the kits this weekend? Yes, I did. Tim's nodding his head. Chris, did you notice those? I did not. You didn't. So, um, every club was wearing was sewed onto their kit a red it looks like kind of a red splotch from a distance but it is actually a poppy a type of flower and uh Tim you're nodding your head do you know what those are for
2: I do it's for well and I may it may have registered with me in a past season because it is the the Brits celebrate I think is it commemoration day
0: remembrance day
2: remembrance day the same day we celebrate veterans day
0: that's right which is the same day
2: i celebrate my birthday
0: that's right
2: so end of world war one honoring honoring troops
0: that's right uh remembrance i think that's
2: what it is for the brits too right it's remembrance or is it kind of their memorial day
0: um remembrance day so it's it's about the soldiers lost in
2: Lost. so that's different than ours
0: yeah yeah a little bit
2: so it's more uh, like our memorial day
0: yeah i think more like memorial day i could be wrong though but i do know yeah 11 11 so that raises the question though why were some teams celebrating it this weekend and not next weekend do you know that answer
2: i feel like i could guess what do you think home squads so who won't have a home
0: yeah that's exactly yeah, that's exactly right. Well, so,
2: actually, the international break will be closest to 11-11. And
0: the international break also. So that throws a little wrench in it. But yeah, so celebrated especially early this year so that yeah. the home teams can can celebrate. They do a little bugle call, etc. cetera. So um, there it is. The poppies, if you see them. Another little personal fact, my great, not Emily's great, my wife's great grandfather uh, actually fought at flanders field which is in belgium which is one of like the main battles from world war one like brutal battle Mm. um and the poppies i think grew rampant in that area and that's a part of like the symbolism Uh. there is these flowers were bright red and uh symbolized like what was happening in the war at that time so there you go.
1: Now we know, and knowing is half the battle. Okay. And now we use them to get high. <laughs> oh, Who's this "we" you speak of? Yeah, none none of us here. But uh, I don't know if you've seen the uh, Manchester, Manchester City. Oh yeah, oh, we've seen that. <laughs> They're, oh, born yeah. the <laughs> They're born from the poppies. They're born from the
0: poppies. All right, well, let's move on to the speed round where each of us get a couple minutes to talk about our clubs. Um, We don't really have an order, but um, Chris, why don't you start us off two minutes?
1: Sounds good. All right. Um, My life is currently being run by children's sports and children's plays. So these last two weeks have just been insane for me, which has limited my ability to see any of the United matches other than watching replays and highlights. So um, I can't speak too thoroughly on this match. What I can say, it's nice to have Vron back. Um, He was obviously a massive hole while he was out injured. Um, It was nice to see Ole change up his formation. For the first time in two years, he changed his formation. And uh, the build of the team kind of forced into playing a midfield that was interesting because Pog was out on red card, so he's suspended for the next two games um, after missing this one.
0: I forgot about that.
1: And so, um, you know, he's forced into playing Fred. He's forced into playing a Tomine right now. But he played three at the back and two at the front, and everyone else in the middle. Um, They're playing the Spurs, so that was a good, that was a good time to make a change if you're going to get a clean sheet on anyone, it's probably the Spurs right now. And um, a beautiful first goal. Uh, Bruno with an amazing assist. Ronaldo with an amazing strike on the alley oop. Um, so that was awesome to see. Cavani getting a goal in a start is awesome to see. And then Rashford coming on and getting a goal. Um, at the end of the day, fun highlights, a good bounce back win. Now they just got to carry it on. They got champions league at Atlanta tomorrow. And then in the weekend game against uh man city in the Derby is going to be a big one. So who knows? I mean, this could have just been a mirage in the desert um, could have been a promising look forward. I guess we'll find out over these next two matches really.
0: Well done. Tim, two minutes to talk Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I won't need two minutes. Um, Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was disappointing, right, to drop points at home against a club that's not one of the traditional powerhouses. Um, But, I mean, out of the gate, Liverpool looked every bit as dominant as they looked last week against United. Uh, Jordan Henderson with a rocket goal four minutes in, it just felt like, oh, man, this is going to be another, like, blowout, right? And then Sadio Mane gets his goal 24th minute. And again, it was just like up two nil inside half an hour. It just has that feel of a game that's just going to get silly, you know? Um, but right around that half hour mark, it just switched and everything that was clicking for Liverpool just stopped clicking. And like the rest of the game just felt hectic, frenzied, messy, nervy. It was just a weird, weird game. And it's, and it's, it's not like Liverpool to, to start that strong and then to have it just fall apart. Like there have been times we've gone into the half down or we've gone into the half, not playing real well, come back out in the second half and take care of business. Right. Or there've been a, you know, a few games where we've, you know, just drawn this year where we just couldn't get it going. But, um, but it was just a bizarre game. It was so bizarre. But I mean, I think kudos to, to Brighton, they played really well. They, well all season um it'll be fun to see where they end up because they've been really impressive so far um we'll talk about goal of the week later on there's a strong contender in this game uh for Brighton and then the other thing I'll mention too is Adam Lallana a former Liverpool player got an assist and he had a nice reception and kind of after the game was given a really nice round of applause. So I, I love seeing that. Guys who didn't get a lot of playing time with Liverpool become regulars elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll just highlight out of those matches two just remarkable assists. The Bruno pass to Ronaldo is just money. And I don't even know who, who had the pass to Mane. That know was
2: uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, and again, I don't watch or I do watch those teams play, but watching wolves primarily, it's so it feels like it's really rare. Wolves score a lot of goals out of like kind of creep. Well, <laughs> wolves don't score a lot of goals. Hard stop. When they do score, it's it seems to be more out of like a run of play. And a lot of like kind of creative presence in the box and rebounds and stuff like that. And so if I was like reflecting on both of those, like really stood out to me as just remarkable, like long, deep pass crosses, just beautifully on point. And just thinking that doesn't happen very often for Wolves. And it shows kind of that just that next level of excellence that that United and Liverpool have.
2: I was thinking of that on uh, Saturday night. I went to the Phoenix rising game. They're the USL team. They play in like the second Basically, They're the, uh, like they're, the, the championship. Championship. Yeah. <laughs> they're the championship. Yeah. They're the championship, but without promotion. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like the Phoenix rising will never uh, become an MLS team, but, um, but they play really well and they're in the playoffs. They stayed undefeated this year, but anyway, that's one thing I always notice when I go to those games because I'm so used to watching Liverpool and other clubs, but like Liverpool, one of the top clubs, one of the top clubs in the top league in the world. And Liverpool does excel at those long passes, right? Whether it's Trent, Alexander, Arnold from the back or it's someone from midfield feeding Salah or Salah feeding someone else. So whenever I'm at one of these games, it's like I just see those passes not working, you know. One like way less ambitious passes that happen but also like the ambitious passes just look silly because they go way wrong. What was funny was on Saturday night, I was sitting next to the foster son of some friends of ours and he plays in like a youth league and he was mesmerized. Like, how come my team can't do that? Those passes. That's what I keep trying to get our team to do. So uh, it's funny to like put those things in perspective, right? Where like, you know, like, the guys out on that field here in Phoenix on Saturday night are incredibly talented players. But then you're even, Nate, pointing out the distinction among clubs in the Premier League, that, like, there's some elite passing, like, that's just really, really rare.
0: It would be fun for, like, the USL to form a partnership with, like, League 2 or League 1. I don't know what the equivalent would be. i probably League 2. I mean it's that's hard to say because it wouldn't
2: be the championship
0: no no no. the equivalent would not be the championship championship teams would smoke, smoke usl yeah. teams yeah but it'd be fun to see like a where you get these some league two clubs battling out against phoenix rising i'd love to see that that quality play i think actually usl would lose against uh league two clubs but well, they would have to
2: be, it would have to be like true competitions to actually gauge it because yeah, I did see Crystal Palace play against, I think it might've been a USL team in Pennsylvania years ago when Crystal Palace was a championship club. And I think it was like a one nil win, but I wasn't, I didn't follow soccer that closely at the time. I really doubt Palace was even starting all of their stars totally. or
0: totally. playing
2: them the whole games, but you'd really need it to be a competitive competition to see. Yeah, to, to match them up,
0: put some money on the line or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'll give myself two minutes as well to talk wolves. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it was the best. It was the best half. First half was the best half of football I've seen in a year and a half. I mean, just it was like those first three matches that Wolves had, except they scored goals they were pressing. The guys were running all over the place. Like Everton was so frazzled. Every time they turned around, there was three wolves surrounding them. I mean, it looked like that. Excellent. I mean, they really did. They looked like an excellent Liverpool pressing attacking team. It was so much fun. Um, it easily could have been four nil at halftime. Um, Pickford made a couple of great saves. Um, wolves did score two. max Kilman scored his first premier league goal which was really great a header off a set piece which is also super rare for wolves to score off a corner um that was fun for him uh and then raul an errant pass raul just sped past got it and just cool as ice just chipped it over the keeper and that was his first goal at home uh sense his head injury so really exciting for the fans and I think probably really really fulfilling for him second half was a different story I mean even hearing you talk about uh the Liverpool match feels exactly the same Tim like Wolves dominated the first half um Everton brought on uh Fabian Delph in this in the second half of long-term veteran he came in stabilized Everton's defense and really was a game changer uh Everton scored a goal to make it 2-1, and it was just nerve-wracking for the end. Um, one interesting fact about Wolves, Wolves are fourth in goals allowed this season behind Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. Obviously, their problem is they need to score. Well, let's move on. There were a couple of red cards oh this God. weekend. We already mentioned one. Um, that was Laporte's red card for City both of the red cards this weekend were denial of goal scoring chances the other one was Consa for Aston Villa but I'm not sure if you guys saw the highlights for the Aston Villa match but on the same play where Consa got a red card Courtney House full arm full on forearm checked a guy to the face like it was it was insane. And they didn't, they didn't call a car. They didn't even give him a card for that. There's the exact same run up of play and they called a call, uh, gave a card to Consa to for denying a goal scoring chance. It was bizarre. You're going to have to, if you didn't see it, look up um, the, the highlights from the Aston Villa match and uh, see Courtney house, just straight up forearm, a guy to the ground. It was, it was vicious. Chris, did you see it? You guys, you gotta see it. This is like it this is painful. It's unfortunate. Kemi's not on here. like this is these are those football like just crushing hits that like American football, I mean crushing hits that American football fans who are trying to get into soccer need to see that every now and again this happens in a match. Let's also talk uh goal of the week um what do you guys think i've got a couple a couple names here um a couple goals that i saw but i'm interested what you guys say
2: chris what you got
1: uh we already hit on the the two best that i saw um the money goal and the liverpool match and then the ronaldo from fernandez goal was pretty phenomenal um I, you know, I'm always a sucker for those alley-oop one-timers. Anytime a guy can take a ball in the air and strike it in, like, it's just awesome.
0: I think so, Ronaldo's fully in the air, right, when he strikes that. Yeah, Both yeah. feet off the
1: ground. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, the pow- to, get
2: pow- to get that power on it when you're in the air.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's... At amazing. the right angle. Oh my at gosh. the angle. At 36, I'm just still blown away at what he's capable of doing out there. It's pretty impressive. I mean,
2: I... I would say this. I'm in 10 days, I'm turning 39. I think he's in better physical shape than I am. And he's three years younger. You think? I think so.
0: I mean, I I, (laughs) think I'm pretty sure. I think I've seen you with your shirt off at a staff retreat at the
2: beach.
0: (laughs) If I I remember correctly, I think, I think his body's just a little better than yours. Yeah.
2: I'd have, I'd have to like look at side-by-side pictures, but I, I'm willing to like concede that that's possible. We
0: can do it. Should we post it? I haven't posted on our Instagram in like two and a half years. We, that could be, that could be the game, the game changer.
2: Not safe for work.
0: Not safe for work. <laughs> I, I, this doesn't really count for the goal of the week, but I just can't stand Ronaldo. He is so <laughs> irritating to me. I don't know what it is about him. I'm so irritated by him. I put up, I put his goal in here because I knew Chris would talk about it. I, he was
2: a good goal. It was a really good goal
0: for sure. No, it was a great goal. He is so infuriating to me. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Something about this smugness. I don't know what it is.
1: Did we just find the captain of your Kyle Walker All Star team?
0: Probably. (laughs) Probably. I, I,
2: is the the issue that he's in better shape than you?
0: Well, he's as well as me. There's there's no doubt. There's no doubt he's in
2: better (laughs) shape.
0: Um, there were uh, a couple other great goals though, Tim. What were you, you going to mention one?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you you mentioned um, in our show notes. You mentioned Muepo from Brighton. That was a great goal from far out. I mean, it was like it was a really really nice goal. I don't think it was the best of the week, but it was really nice. But I think that um, Saman Godos for Brentford, man. But because that was in, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was in the air, and it was like like kick. a sideways bicycle kick, a scissor, scissor kick, kick in the yeah. air. Yep. And when I Googled him, because I had, I'll be, I'll be honest. I featured Brentford like in our preseason. I don't remember that name at all. I don't, but as I look him up, I'm seeing highlight after highlight of really incredible goals that he's done for Brentford in the past. He's done, I think he's Iranian. So I've seen some stuff for the national team. So it's like, or at least he did it against Iran. I forget, but like some national team stuff. And uh I didn't look super close. It was just like incredible goals. So, but that one was, that one was really fun.
1: Not to come back at you, Tim, but I featured Norwich in our season preview and I can't name a player. Other than- <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm trying to wipe Norwich from my memory completely. <laughs>
2: See, I've had less reason to try to wipe Brentford. It's been like actually pleasant, you know, but still, still, I have no recollection of this guy's name at all. So
0: yeah, Godos is, uh, Iranian. So good memory. Okay.
2: Okay. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Those, those are the goals that stood out. There were quite a, quite a handful of other like really impressive goals though. Just some strikes from distance that were really nice. It was a great week for good goals. I don't know if you guys caught any celebrations. There was nothing really that impressive. Like mostly it was just celebrating in front of fans, but uh, Gabriel for Arsenal after his goal, it was actually the first goal of the weekend. Um, he was just mean mugging. He's had that like dirty look on his face, like bossing. It was, it was great. So I had to give. So some- that was like
2: in a good way or does he get on the Kyle Walker team?
0: No, 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 no. Like in okay. a good way, like okay. like that. Really ultra arrogant, like
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I did that, like so. Other than that, it was a lot of just pretty, pretty boring, pedantic uh, celebrations. So
2: good use of the word pedantic.
0: Mm, thanks, Tim. You worry about words, so I don't have to. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's do the lock it in review. Um, somehow I'm 10 and zero, you guys it's insane uh I think it actually might have to do with the fact that I'm picking last like city's going to lose eventually so if you pick them like you're bound to lose so I think the fact that I have fourth pick every week is actually helpful that's what I was reflecting on today I'm forced to to be more thoughtful and choose from what's left over we'll see if that works this week I'm 10 and 0 I took West Ham over Villa uh tim is still in second he took liverpool over uh brighton he drops to six and four uh chris took city over crystal palace he drops to four and six and kemi took manchester united over tottenham and that moves him up to four and six so Mm -hmm. we've pretty much chosen in the same order all season but uh if things don't go well for Chris this weekend, he might get first pick next uh, since Kemi is not here. He, Oh, Kemi. He's a a funny guy. God
2: bless Kemi. God bless. He's taking,
0: he's taking Watford over Arsenal which is just amazing i hope it happens <laughs> not for titus's sake but just for kemi's that's an amazing pick um
1: Look, let's be honest kemi is absolutely everything we want out of a neophyte who comes oh yeah on here. totally yeah. is
0: <laughs> yeah that's true chris who are you taking
1: um i'm taking liverpool over west ham united this weekend
0: That's a, that's a bold choice. It was a tough weekend. I mean,
1: it was
0: the the teams that you would want to pick are away. And I think that's what always makes it challenging. So I think Liverpool's away at West Ham, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, my thought process was Liverpool has been so dominant this year until this past weekend. And I think, the best teams always show up after a bad performance or a not maybe up to par performance, you could say. So mm-hmm. I expect Liverpool to come out, play, do a higher competition. We ran down West Ham's schedule earlier. They haven't really beaten anybody. So uh, for me, it was a kind of a, a good pick and, you know, again, testing my powers. Cause if West Ham wins this game, look out, whoever's next.
0: There you go. Tim. <laughs> who are you taking?
2: Well, I don't, I don't want to suggest that Kemi's pick is like foolish or far-fetched, but I am picking Arsenal over Wofford.
0: I think this might be the first time we've had people pick opposing teams in the lock it in, which is very, very, very exciting.
1: The best will be next week when we run this back and neither of them got it right because they, (laughs)
2: because they drew,
0: because they drew one, one. That's right. Um, I really feel like my my skills are being put to the test, and we will see if I'm actually good because I'm taking Tottenham over Everton. Multiple reasons for that. Everton looks horrible. They really look horrible. They lost to Wat, uh, Watford last weekend, lost to Wolves this weekend, and really looked ho- like really horrible for at least a half, if not 60 minutes. Um, and Tottenham, I'm counting on that new manager bounce. I'm counting on uh Conti to come in there and uh inspire the lads to go out and get three points in his managerial debut. Kemi, though he's not here, I hope he listens to this. Kemi, we'll let you know where to fast forward to if you don't want to listen to all of our talk. But Kemi is going to feature Burnley this upcoming weekend against Chelsea. He sure knows how to pick those matches. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you want to know about Burnley? Burnley is owned by Americans. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, They just purchased that at the beginning, at the end of last year, sometime, it seems like end of last year. Uh, Burnley is traditionally known for being a really defensive team. Um, really hard to break down. Wolves have traditionally struggled against Burnley; they're always a pain in the butt. Uh, they've got a keeper, Nick Pope. Uh, he's he's a really has traditionally been a good keeper. He only has one clean sheet this year. Um, they have uh, Ben Me, James Tarkowski. Um, those are kind of the defenders that you'd want to know about. Um, Oh, Maxwell Cornet, he's featured multiple times. He had a great goal this weekend. We didn't talk about, I think he was in hair watch. He's the guy with the front rat tail. I don't know if you guys remember when we talked about him, he has played great. He's only appeared in four, five matches, but has four goals for them and he's a defender. So, I don't know if he plays like a defensive midfielder role, but he definitely gets up the pitch and he's really fun to watch. So, he'll be a guy to keep keep an eye out for. Um in midfield, uh Dwight McNeil, Ashley Westwood, um and then up front, they've got Chris Wood. Um he scored over the weekend. He actually had a really good goal over the weekend. Um, they have a Czech guy, Mate Vidra. He is up front. Aaron, Ashley Barnes. Uh, there's really not a lot to talk about with Burnley. I'm doing the best, the best I can. And you uh, mentioned Sean
2: Dyche, manager, choose furiously. Kind of always looks, just always looks troubled.
0: Yeah, he's a uh, funny what's guy. What's happening on the pitch. Yeah, Sean, Sean Dyche. Um what else? What else do we need to talk about with them, guys?
2: You mentioned in reference to Wolves, but same with Liverpool. Like, over the last several years, even when Liverpool's been at their peak dominance, the Burnley match is always such a wild card because they're, they just stifle you. And it's just they're so frustrating um, when they're playing. Like, when it's peak Burnley, they're really stifling and frustrating. Yeah, um, But I do think, like, coming into the season, a lot of people are picking them to get relegated or be very close to it. They're one of those clubs that's always hanging, right? Like, it would be interesting to go back and look at the last five years. Like, in my mind, they're always finishing 17th. Uh, maybe it's 16th, 15th, 14th, I don't know. But um, feels like they're always just surviving.
0: I think they actually were in Europe a few years ago. <laughs> were they Really? But it's they true. Were, they did finish 17 last year. They were 10th in 1920.
2: Man, I have no recollection of that.
0: They were 15th in 1819. I'm pretty sure what year. Yeah, they were 7th. There it was. They were 7th in 1718. Wow. And they they played in Europe because I think, uh, yeah, whatever. that whole That whole deal where the seventh place team got into Europe. Um, I think it worked out for them in seventeen eighteen. 18, but yeah, it's here. true. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I
1: was going to say, yeah, because we were talking with Natalie who is still one of the greatest guests of all time. And that I almost went with Burnley because that's right. One, her interview, she was so awesome. And two, they were coming off a pretty good season where they were sitting uh, up, uh, you know, up towards the top of the table. And she was talking about hoping that they could stay there um unfortunately for her they have not so sorry Natalie you're still a favorite of the pod though.
0: that's true yeah Burnley and
1: that's
2: what what really matters the most
0: it does uh Burnley was relegated after the 14-15 season um came came right back up though came back up in 16-17 and have other than that one year of success and a top 10 finish another year. They have pretty much finished close to the relegation zone and are currently in the relegation zone for this year. Other than that, gentlemen, Manchester Derby is this weekend. It's a big, big weekend. Um, Chris, how are you feeling about that? (laughs) Not
1: good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, they just, (laughs) they just held Spurs to a clean sheet and let's focus on that. Not on the fact that they might give up 19 goals to city this weekend.
0: Well, Chris, I hope your schedule is rather clear because we're going to need you to carry the pod next weekend because uh, Tim and I have uh, our gala for our organization next Saturday night. And there's a good chance that we're not going to see a lot of soccer over the weekend. Although we don't have to be, we don't have to be at the venue till nine 30. So I'll probably get some wolves. I'll probably watch a little bit of wolves, crystal palace, catch the end in the parking lot, maybe. Pretend that I'm on a phone call or something.
1: The the good news is that the uh, Manchester Derby is at 5 30 AM our time. So, as much as we have bemoaned the early start sometimes i really don't mind it all that much especially now that i have literally on every saturday morning so this is great give me the 4 a.m give me the 5 a.m give me the 6 a.m i'm all for it right now totally
0: the other news i don't know if you guys saw this we'll just kind of close out with this did you guys see uh nbcsn is shutting down i didn't see that NBCSN will shut down december 31st and they're yeah. moving their matches to usa
1: yeah they they actually announced that a long time ago it just didn't get a very big pickup because it was announced like eight eight or so months ago I and think in the
0: summer like, right
1: yeah and everyone's just kind of like oh well, it's still a ways away whatever
0: yeah but i think they've officially they're closing it down uh December 31st, which I don't know if that means we're going to have to rely on Peacock more. That sounds horrible. Right. Um, I
2: Even mean, if know. the games are on USA, they're probably not on Peacock, right? I mean...
0: I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm and, not looking forward to like
2: This week's Liverpool game was on USA and it struck me as so strange, but it's a preview of coming attractions. That's right. Oh.
0: But the the contract is up. I think is it at the end of this year, so there's supposed to be a huge bidding war. So NBC might not even have Premier League uh, starting next season. So that'll be interesting to see who. I kind of
2: hope CBS gets it. Paramount Plus, man, they they've got Champions League. They've got I think they have Brazil, Argentina, Italy already.
1: Man, they and have, they've got Europa. Yeah. yeah, I will say they have those in place their app when it comes to streaming those live games is usually a disaster though. So I agree. It's it's, it's on the level of Peacock. Like going yeah. to those champion league matches during the week, they don't like the, the stream never is up at the right time. You click on one and it's playing a different game. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's been a disaster since I paid for it. So
2: I'm just wanting to consolidate it's so like just so many different streaming services for so many different things.
0: Yeah. All right, gentlemen. That's it. Is
2: peacock out the new uh yeah.
1: <laughs> cock out. Cock out. <laughs>
0: That's how you don't get your wife pregnant, but anyways.
1: Uh good week, boys.
0: All right. That's it. Yes. There, we didn't even go with glazers out. It was just that was it
1: yeah, now i'm 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 good.
0: all right <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes podcast. It was a wild weekend. United got a clean shit. A clean shit. United <laughs> got a clean shit. Okay. All right. Here we go again.
1: I can't believe that that wasn't on purpose, though.
0: <laughs> that would have been amazing. Everyone wants a clean shit, though. If you can get well,
2: there's your shit. there's your title with the a little one, with a little e beside the.
0: A one wipe clean shit. Okay.